Welcome to the Birth Uprising podcast with me, Jade. And me, Alex. We're two birth experts who aren't afraid to say it how it is. Join us weekly where we will discuss everything pregnancy, birth and postnatal. We'll be joined by special guests with all sorts of expertise. So be ready to get informed, get knowledgeable and realise how fucking amazing you truly are. Hello, everyone that's listening. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Jade. (laughs) Hello. Um, Welcome to another episode of Get Ready to Birth Like a Badass. Um, We are excited to be here because today has been a shit show. Total shit show, mate. (laughs) Oh, gosh. It is the night before. We usually record this, not not the... evening before it goes out although um, we the last one as well we did the last one but what happened oh that's because i accidentally deleted the last one oh Lydia. gosh yeah so um, let's try this... not to make a habit of it no but this time was because here in the uk if you're listening outside the uk hi but if you're in the uk you'll know it's snow day today and that means that the uk can't possibly you know just work with an inch of snow it's uh everything has to come to a standstill though my kids did go to school which i was surprised about um and Alex and I decided not to go into the office I think mainly because our office can get quite cold um and also I didn't want to get stuck in town because I live in a village and a little bit for me as well it was River's first snow day so I wanted to see him in the snow and it was very cute so I am glad I got to see that um so that was kind of reason number one it was a bit of a shit show and then reason number two is because I had to take River to A&E, which was fun times. I had my whole day planned out of what I was going to do. And then he walks up to me and from his mouth pulls a button battery. Those tiny little batteries that can kill your children. Um, uh, pulls it from his mouth and pops it into my mouth and laughs. And I don't know where this button battery has come from. I am confused whether there was maybe more and it's one of those things where you can't really go ah well we'll just chance it so we didn't chance it had to take him to A&E for x-rays and to be questioned within an inch of my life by medical professionals as to if I was abusing my child um it was all quite dramatic really and so it's meant the day is just not gone as we'd planned has it no, uh, total waste of NHS resources, not on your part, on theirs, um, because let's question the mother who's taken her child to A&E on the off chance that maybe, possibly, there might be something up. Let's question her and see if uh, if she's abusing her child, if she's neglecting him. Um, yeah, so yeah. I was fuming to hear that. Yes. Um yeah, so, I mean, I can't lie and say that a snow day for me was not the worst thing. My husband was at work, my kids were at school. Um, I, however, we took the kids to school and, of course, Silas is strapped to me, getting very wet and cold. He wasn't very happy. The kids were not listening to me when I was telling them to fucking hurry up because they need to get to school. Um, and they were just throwing snowballs at each other. By the time we got to school, after one massive skid from Zeke where he fell, um, <laughs> I'm helping Zeke into his classroom, like, slightly late, which I feel on a snow day is totally fine. I don't even care. Oh, yeah, yeah. totally acceptable. Um, and he discovers that his socks are wringing wet. So he takes his, so- his socks off, and he's literally wringing them out on the floor. 
like, Mum, can you help me wring my socks out? And I'm like, mate, I can't help you wring them out and put them back on. Like, let's pop them on this radiator here, thankfully. And then he's trying to put his shoes on, his massively wet shoes back on. I'm like, mate, you can't, that's not cool. Let's just be barefoot for a minute. That he just could not have that. So the teaching assistant comes out and she's like, oh, you all right? Let me see if there's spare socks. So she went, goes to get spare socks. I think, right, that's fucking great because he doesn't have to be in wet shoes. And then she's helping him into his wet shoe, um, into the new socks, which is obviously because I've got a baby attached to me. I struggle to do that. And she discovers that his trousers are all wet. So she's like, oh, hang on a minute. Let me go and see if there's any trousers in the lost property. So she gets trousers for him that are super long. He uh, goes and chooses, changes into them. He um, He's moaning that they're grey and he wears black trousers. Um, <laughs> I mean, not that they're massively too long. They needed turning up like four times or something. Um, not too bad. So I eventually left the school at 10 past nine after getting there at five to nine. Um and I just felt like, oh, how has everyone else managed to get their child into school without a fast? They're not late. Their kid's not having their fucking shoes and <laughs> socks and trousers changed at the entrance by the teaching staff. It just felt all very much like, how have I managed to fuck this up so much? Um, wellies. Needless to say, wellies. I turned up at the afternoon school run with a pair of wellies and two pairs of socks. <laughs> Um, my kids just do not wear wellies, so it's not something no. that we would think of. Um, to be fair, Des just did say, do you want to wear wellies on the way to school? And he was like, oh, I'm not wearing wellies. Um, so, yeah. Ooh, you say, ooh, I'm not wearing yeah. He, um So I took wellies to him after school, and he's never worn them before. They were brand new wellies, um, a size too big. And I actually had to get them out of a box under his bed. Um, and then he made me help him into the two spare pairs of socks that he was I had so he's wearing three pairs of socks in these new wellies um and hopefully he'll wear wellies to school tomorrow because I can't do that again I can't be that mum who brings her sodden kid into school and doesn't give a fuck (laughs) yeah have this little sweaty like wet rat bag keep him so yeah that was how my day started and I just felt like it was a it was a kind of stressful day we didn't get much done that we planned to but hey yeah it's been very stressful. Um, we have had some excellent things of us living rent-free in people's heads, though, which makes me very, very happy. <laughs> I like the thought of people talking about us. I really enjoy that. So that's been nice. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to going to bed and putting it all behind me. And tomorrow I'll wake up and it'll be a better day. And River won't try and swallow a button battery. Um, and, you know, it'll be great. That's what will happen, right? 100%. I fucking hope so, because we can't carry on like this, River. <laughs> it's such a nightmare. He was very cute when he was there, though. Like, all the nurses and doctors were, like, walking past him going, aren't you cute? And he was looking at them going, apple, which is his word for everything. Um, so I just shouting apple at people. And they're going, oh, does he love apples? And I'm going, yeah, really likes apples. Whereas apple doesn't even really mean food anymore. Apple just means I want. Um, so that's fun. Like he was pointing at my phone early and going, apple, apple. And I was like, well, it is technically apple. Yes, you're quite right. But no. So advanced. He's so advanced. He's such... Honestly, Alex, he's such an advanced baby. Like, I know everybody thinks their baby's advanced. But my baby, he is working at the level of like... At least a four-year-old. <laughs> At least. It's like... an apple phone you've got, Mum. 
here. Let me show you how to use it. <laughs> but yeah, that's been my day. That's been your day. What a fun thing. But this podcast, now this was one that I really, really enjoyed. Like I always enjoy them, but this actually afterwards I came away and I started to do some of the things we spoke about, um, which doesn't happen very often because what we talk about usually is birthy related and I'm done having children not because I don't like birth love giving birth but uh, free free is plenty it's the fucking children isn't it yeah it's the children that's the problem (laughs) um but we spoke to the lovely Danny um whose Instagram account is Danny Tabor yeah that's right isn't it um and Danny is a PT um she is a like body mindfulness is that the way she described it you know I don't know I I mean so I feel like this is a new term for me but I'm not sure yeah Um, it it was something like basically a body like a body image coach along yeah 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 Something like that. She does say it in the episode. So just listen in a few minutes. You'll hear what she actually is because I can't remember. And I'm not organised enough to have listened before we did this intro to, you know, get it right. Um, but she is brilliant and actually talks a lot about eating and like how we are expected to bounce back as a new mum and things like this and it's a really interesting episode if you are finding your pregnancy body um, difficult to be in if you're finding um, postnatally that you feel different and you're kind of feeling like oh I need to be doing this to get back to how I was I think it can really it's going to really help your self-esteem and help settle those feelings a little bit to know that you're not alone in how you're feeling and actually we change and it's really interesting the way Danny speaks about this it was I really enjoyed this episode and recording it so if you are obviously feeling that pressure to um go back to your pre-pregnancy size etc if you think that makes you better hopefully this will help your mindset a bit Danny talks a lot about kind of how we feel we should be and hopefully we can smash those expectations and make you feel like you can eat those biscuits as long as you're doing it intentionally Mm, which I have been I've eaten a lot of biscuits all intentionally today I am gonna go Um, and eat some carbon digestives intentionally right now very nice so yeah enjoy the podcast and uh yeah have a nice day So we are here this week with the lovely Danny of Danny Tabor on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Instagram. You have called Instagram Facebook. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know why. I'm on my first day of my period. That's my excuse. Um, Of Instagram. That was a lovely sneeze, by the way, Silas. Thank you very much for that. Mm -hmm. Like introduction. Yes. Um, And it's really nice to get to talk to you like this because we've spoken over Instagram for like good over 18 months months or more yeah Yeah. because I bought your course when I was pregnant Mm. and you did um you did hit my back with Claire one of our instructors I did yeah and she is lovely she is so lovely yeah I think we were her first people yes yeah Yeah, I think you were yeah straight out of her training and got going with you two yeah so good um and then how our babies are like the same age, right? They're only a couple of days apart, I think. River is October the 11th. Oh, yeah, and always the 10th. Yeah, 
Oh, there you go, a day apart then. So yeah, absolutely the same sort of age. So yeah, I remember being very pregnant at the same time as you. Yeah. Um, but it's always nice to see like other people going through the exact same horrendously awful pregnant fat at the endness because that is the most uncomfortable I've ever been with River like I was massive yeah I was I was in so much pain as well I love sleeping on my back and I couldn't sleep on my back Mm. and I had like pelvic like pelvic pain through quite a bit of it and I just was yeah by the end I was like but the worst thing is I kept being like oh I just want to be able to sleep properly and then being like I'm about to have a baby yeah Yeah. it was joy I did get to sleep on my back which you know that was joy yeah for short periods yeah for tiny periods of time whilst your baby slept yeah (laughs) have you gotten to the point though where your boobs are mine are one of them is at least saggy enough at this point that I can sleep on my back and one of them just under my armpit so I can feed like that that great the other one she's too pert for that but one of them she's a saggy bitch I've never had any pert boobs like ever even before ba- I mean obviously when they're like filled with milk that was I looked like I'd had a boob oh, job and I was like this yeah. is the first time I've ever had pert boobs but so mm. generally like my boobs are saggy enough so yeah it's great like I can lie on my back and just like, yeah. it hangs to the side yeah it's joyful one of my greatest achievements in life was I hurt my back once and I couldn't, I could only lay on my front while I was breastfeeding. And my boob was, <laughs> one boob was so good that I could roll it round to the side and still breastfeed while laying on my front. Um, and I still look at that at, like a great achievement. Like I had yeah. hurt myself and I could still serve my child. Like right. it was, it was, it was like a mum moment that I was like, yeah, mum's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Is it attractive? No, do I care? Maybe a little bit. Um, but slightly, <laughs> <laughs> but I do slightly care. Um, but yeah, but you are I mean, you wear many hats really, don't you, in what you do? Like yeah. and I think your Instagram has changed a lot yeah. since having a baby, as they do, don't they all? Yeah. Um and you're kind of what what do you do? What can people tell me? do what do I do it's so funny because I've been thinking about this loads lately because Instagram hell and (laughs) falling like in and out of love with it and stuff so like I was like I'm a PT like that's like I suppose my trade um which I then was like a well-being coach so I would coach people through body image stuff like I would much rather work on someone's relationship with their body than changing their body but as a you know, as a byproduct, often bodies would change. Um, but you know, helping people feel their bestest, uh, whatever that meant to them. Uh, and then I suppose, like with my Instagram, that definitely changed when I had a baby. In the same respect, I still would say that my my page is about encouraging women specifically, but I suppose more now mums to be okay in their skin and that doesn't mean like loving like liking themselves all the time but kind of accepting the days when they don't accepting those bad body image moments and kind of working through that with um not toxic positivity like with I suppose with just with being okay being fucked off sometimes yeah Uh, yeah and just feeling um as well that feeling of being able to like not have the urge to flow uh, to like bounce back and to I keep calling it flowing forward into whatever like new oh, I like that body and lifestyle that is yeah. now because it's 
different, isn't it? It's not, it's never going to be the same. Yeah, I mean, you've actually housed a human being in your body, then however, gotten them out of your body. Um, Everything's going to change a little bit. And yeah, yeah, I think normalising that is really important. Yeah, and I think it's like the perspective as well of like how you feel about your body and and what it can do. And there's definitely some shifts in that. And I I I just think as mums, we're like really sold this idea, especially nowadays of all of the things that we should could be able to do all at once whilst trying to keep the human alive but also like whilst also grieving our old body and our old life and our old relationship with our partner which now has shifted and changed as well and I just always just want to encourage like that feeling of like um that other people aren't out there alone feeling shit about it because yeah yeah it, it can feel it, very lonely, can't it? Yeah. It blew my mind. Like, I, I really didn't anticipate how hard I was actually going to find uh, motherhood and the lifestyle change. Yeah. I yeah. And do you know what? It I think it's funny. If you, when people are pregnant, if you tell them that it can be really difficult, people think you're trying, you're trying to put me off it. You're trying to, you know, you're mm. trying to trying worry to me. me. You're trying to scare me. It's like the balance between being realistic um and the balance between sugarcoating things it's so very difficult you don't want to upset people but you want people to know and it's also like yeah we need to move away obviously from this view in society of people going back to their old body their old life their old achievements but when you try and explain what their life might look like post baby arriving People think that sounds horrible Mm. and it's kind of not until you're living it that you can maybe, if you are around the right sources and stuff, understand how powerful you can be as Mm. like someone who's birthed a baby, someone who is growing a baby into like a really good human being, like all the work that that entails and just the, the fact that you are able to do that. We make people that is you know that is much better than being able to get to an office on time or or just pop out without thinking about it yeah yeah either either way I just think though we're so tied into this idea of life having to be hunky-dory and great like I I do understand I remember like someone saying to me oh but I don't want that fear of what it's going to be like on the other end and yeah. I get that, but also, I, I don't know. I was so grateful that I had followed people that had said it was hard so that I didn't go into it, like, completely naive. And yeah. I still was I still was shocked by it. But I really think it's about cu- trying to come away from this idea that everything is meant to be great all the time. Like, running a business, like, yeah, there are so many pros to it, but there are also cons. Oh, Daily- my God, it's fucking hard, isn't it? <laughs> it's so hard but it's like no one said like you're not born going and by the way everything's gonna be like hunky-dory forever it was one of the things I really I felt like I got taught this a lot when my mum got ill so my mum passed away in 2020 and I remember us discussing it a lot we had a year before when we found out she was ill and I said there was this urge to feel like why us this isn't fair and it was I remember her saying but why not me like it's like life wasn't promised us to be absolutely perfect like we're gonna live to 100 perfectly well everything going great all the time and like 
that was never the lesson she taught me and it's not and that's not to say like we should be like victimy and be like oh but life is so hard but just yeah yeah like life is hard and then sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's great and sometimes I love my body and sometimes I don't and sometimes I eat nourishing food and by the way sometimes I don't uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's literally meant to be like that and so I feel like yeah. just being like yes yeah, some days I really really hate uh parenting not my child yeah. but I really hate parenting some days and some days I really yeah. love it and I don't think that that's abnormal but it's no, like no, people it's not. act like that's like oh oh yeah. you're so you're so honest like and I'm like yeah I genuinely think that everyone feels like this though yeah and if they don't they're lying to themselves <laughs> yeah if they don't like they're I'm sorry where did you get that sunny personality from yeah, yeah who the fuck are you, you? you what who raised you what are you taking and can I have some like, yeah, give me some I think they're out I do think they're outliers I don't know my best friend do, like doesn't find it as hard as I do I definitely feel like if you are better at surrendering I definitely think that there's an it's easier I'm not yeah. great at surrendering and that's been a massive learning curve I can do it in other yeah. things I've taught myself to do it with my body image but then it's like a whole different ball game doing it in a different aspect. I can't do it with my yeah. like career stuff either. Like I find that hard. Yeah, I think that's it. Like some of us maybe find different parts of it harder than others. Mm. Like like you say about surrendering. I find most of the time because I'm a lazy slob, <laughs> I don't mind that there's washing piling up. I don't mind that all we can do today is sit and watch something on Netflix. That's fine. It's right. when I had an idea in my head about what my day was going to look like and then my baby won't allow that to happen. That's when I'm like, oh, well, someone yeah. just take this baby. Why won't they let me put him down? <laughs> Whereas most yeah. of the time, it's fine. And I think if you are someone who is very particular about maybe what your house looks like and it makes you feel really nice and calm to have everything in its place, then it might be harder to surrender to the fact that housework might not be as easy as it once was I never have that problem yeah <laughs> same with housework and stuff I'm just not like that person I grew up in a like really messy house as well and so like for me that didn't that stuff doesn't bother me but for me the career stuff I would be like oh but I've got an idea or I want to write or I've got an idea for an online course that I want to like do and yeah. then I, and then I would feel restricted by because especially now it's a bit different he's in nurse for a couple of days I do go to work at the I own a women's only gym and so I go in three days a week and that gives me the time to like get yeah. my ideas out and stuff like that um what I wish I have done you've got ADHD haven't you yeah I just you have ADHD? yeah 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 I agree. and we you know we'll we'll touch on that when we start like really going for it because mm. I think I want to talk to you about like ADHD and parenting because oh gosh, I find yeah. it very much um <laughs> it controls how I feel in certain ways and that's interesting but before we go on let's ask you some of the questions that people mm. want to hear and we know that you are into your food I very much enjoy your Aldi shops um weekly <laughs> get to see how much you spend very enjoy doing that because I do the same thing I come home Love and I go it. husband how much have I spent yes <laughs> and it's, it's always really interesting game. oh it really is but let's ask you the question so every week we ask people these questions and the first question is if you could have anything to eat after you've given birth what would it be and we're talking like main meal side dessert 
drink and it can mm. be from anywhere in the world any place in time what would you have <laughs> i love the fact that like it could be from anywhere la, la, but in my in my head i kept going to one thing but i'm gonna i'm gonna save that so my first thing i would say <laughs> is i want i want a snickers milkshake so like oh okay i used to go to tgi fridays when i was a teenager a lot and a snickers milkshake and sometimes i'd be like sorry we don't have all the ingredients and i'd be like what's the ingredients they'd be like peanut butter and i'd be like don't worry i've bought my peanut butter in and they would make <laughs> me a snickers milkshake. so snickers milkshake for sure then i would have like arancini balls some cheesy gooey Ooh. arancini balls nice yeah. And or saltfish fritters. So like, yeah, saltfish fritters. So my dad's from Trinidad. And um, so like Caribbean food is like, and anything salty is great. (laughs) Mm. Then I would have really salty, uh, doused in like garlicky butter French fries. And when I'm I'm talking like McDonald's skinny French fries, not fat chips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like nah. fries, crispy. Yeah, yeah. Um, now this is controversial because I well I was vegan for five years and then I got pregnant. I started eating fish and cheese and stuff again, but I haven't eaten meat for a good like eight years. But I would have like a lamb shank with mint sauce. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, give me a lamb shank. That like uh, I'm that's like the what meat wise I miss a lamb shank and Herta's Frank uh Herta Frankfurters is that what they are yeah 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 Ooh, or maybe I'd have some Frankfurters as well give me some Frankfurt or like hot dogs with like caramelized yeah. onions too oh mm. nice and is there um, a reason why the the lamb shank like is there a nutritional reason behind it in your like no. why after Bert no. We're finding that a lot of people are picking steak and we think it must be something to do with um, like, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? Like, I think definitely like the richness of it, like it's really Mm -hmm. nutrient dense. So I do wonder if that's why we're like, we're craving something nutrient dense, high, like it will be high in calories because it's so nutrient dense. Like, oh, but, and it's just, but it just, just melts in your mouth and (laughs) slates off like. Uh, I would need to be at home. I wouldn't want to want to eat the lamb shank if I was in hospital though, because I feel like that would be a bit oh, weird. Can you do with lamb shank? <laughs> Sorry, midwives. Can you bring me in a lamb shank with uh, some plastic cutlery? Thanks. I mean, you no matter where you are, to be honest with you, yeah. you can have it because this is the dream. So you this can, is you the know, dream. The dream. You can have whatever you want. Yeah, and then I would have a tub of salted caramel Hagen Dazs ice cream. Oh, so there's a lot of salt. All the salt is stuff. I, I like, like that. All the salt. I love the all salt. the salt. <laughs> My husband's like, yeah. put too much salt on things. I'm like, mm-hmm, sure. <laughs> Do you have low blood pressure, Dan? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Like, I, Do I you? Yeah, I think as low blood pressure folks love salt. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, so that would be my foot. That and that's probably that would be my last supper as well, probably. Yeah. I like that. That sounds delicious. And what, in reality, what did you have? <laughs> pizza Hut pizza. Did you? It was, um, oh, and to be honest, like, I really enjoyed that. It was, and again, it was salty. It had, like, Beyond Meat, it was a Beyond Meat meat feast, so it wasn't real meat, but it was, like, and I hadn't had Pizza Hut pizza for yeah. years, and it was so good. 
Oh, nice. I mean, that does sound quite good. I had pizza after my first birth as well. My husband went and got it. Yeah. Yeah, we were in hospital. I birthed in the birth centre. Um, but it's when we lived in London, so I gave birth at Chelsea and Westminster. So oh. my husband just left the hospital, went to a really nice pizza place and bought it back in. I was like, pizza, love it. This is fine. I enjoy this thoroughly. Um, so last question. Mm-hmm. If, what would you, what one bit of advice would you give to somebody who's newly pregnant? They've told you, you can give them one bit. What would you tell, what would you say? What's your bit of advice? It would, if it had to be like one thing, I'm going to break it into a, to a couple. Firstly, I would say, <laughs> firstly, I would say don't um, believe everything within the system, the mainstream system of birth, quote unquote, um, to like do some research, even if it's Insta research. There's a lot of people talking a lot of truths and to not just blindly follow what midwives in the hospital say. I think that was the biggest thing for me. Like that was why I was really grateful to find you guys, to find Claire and to find like other people like Kemi and stuff like that. Like it really opened my eyes and it made me, it made me realize, especially cause I come from the space. My stuff's about not like um, buying into diet culture and the system that makes us want to be like that skinny stuff and all of that and to buy into um diets and stuff and to um think outside the box a bit and it it there was a lot of um same sames with both kind of cultures a culture that needs it to be black and white I guess and it's like it is like this I would say just don't listen to anybody that says it is like this or this and um that it's it depends it depends on how you feel and your body and your birth and your baby and um that flexibility like the nuance of of being pregnant and birth and stuff so yeah that would be that would be the one thing i would say i like it i like that a lot the more we can um get things like that out there and people understanding that a little bit and it's a hard thing for people to to understand until you've been through it and you've been there um Because I do think sometimes we will say that to people and people don't always believe us. They think that we're maybe, you know, not necessarily, we're maybe, you know, how do people kind of put it? They're like, oh, why do you hate the NHS? Yeah. Yeah. What have you got against midwives? Nothing. Ones that offer, you know, balanced information based on evidence, I fucking love them. (laughs) But when they're talking bullshit based on policies that are not based on evidence and they're using language that makes it seem like people have no choice, I've got no time for that. Exactly. And that is exactly the same, like with, with us, me, my business partner, and we run this women's only gym, you know, people will say things like, well, what's your problem with like other PTs? Like everyone's just trying to help people and help people feel better and stuff. And you're like, no, not everyone is. Every, no. Like there's lots of people within a system following a, a, a very strict kind of like boxed in guide, a uh, guideline blueprint that is kind of, everyone wants to lose fat obviously well no not obviously not everyone wants to lose fat and your language is making it sound like we all have to do things one way or that we should all diet and we're not against dieting but we're against forcing that down someone's throat and doing it in an unhealthy fashion that puts your life and mental health at risk and it's the same with with birth it's like we're not against midwives I you know I, I for my next birth I probably 
might not have a midwife or not one from you know the hospital potentially yeah but I you know that's not because I'm against midwives I'm against the system in which they have to operate often and they also aren't um I don't want to say it because why would I'm not more informed than a midwife but I don't know you're, when no, you're in, what, you know within what? a system you are more informed about your body yeah, and things though body. and I think I think we do we need to listen to our instincts and have that confidence that we know what's right for us and that they're only providing us with like supplementary information to help us make our choices yeah 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 I remember Claire saying when um we had chat with her about I can't remember what book it was but the book that was talking about how birth in like hospitals came about and like you know they wanted things to run quicker get you know well quicker but within their control you know men's control get us into the hospital you know let us do what we need to do and I get I get it like it's so much the same with BMI like you know it's it's a measurable thing that doctors can use even though it's not super helpful for really anything and anyone else but it's measurable and so they can use it as a blueprint but actually that's not helpful for nine out of ten people in nine out of ten situations and so yeah I really really was grateful to find the people I found when I was pregnant and and look I had a c-section in the end like I wanted a home birth I had birth preferences um but I I'd done the work enough to and not even enough. There were certain things I still, in the aftermath, realised I didn't know. Like, you can't know everything. And no. it meant I made a decision that was... I still would have gone for the C-section when I went for it. But I didn't... There was something I didn't realise. And I I think if I'd have not done the work, I would have beat myself up for not... Why didn't I read even more? Why didn't I like know yeah. more? But I think like a lot of you the stuff can't I know everything. Is... You, no. you just can't. And like we always like not struggle, but there's always a part of us like we need to tell everybody that's pregnant all of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. But when people come to us, usually they know nothing about their body. They don't know how their uterus works. So we are starting at a real basic level, yeah. and we want to be able to fill people with all the knowledge we have. But that's overwhelming. And actually, yeah. for the vast majority of people, they don't need to know about I don't know, um, you meconium. know, meconium or right. really, really like specific stuff that only affects certain people because that's too much like yeah, you have to it's building it's the confidence and building the yeah. skills that when you do come up against these things you can use those skills and that inner confidence to know that you'll make the right decision based on getting all the information absolutely it's so like honestly I keep talking about how much there's so um like a parallel between the stuff I do with Mimi at at, at what we talk about in terms of things because we want to give everyone every piece of information about nutrition and training and you know I want them to know like the ins and outs but actually like it really starts with the confidence and you know giving them this baseline confidence to be able to get some baseline information and then and trust their body because if someone trusts their body and their own selves like that makes everything else so much easier and they can go on their journey whichever journey that is with all the details or less details but without that baseline then anything's kind of impossible really is and we are from such a young age like taught to mistrust our bodies as like women 
like Jesus. from a young age we were taught like you know there's this product you can buy that will sort this out and there's this that'll sort this out so you get to the point where you're pregnant and you've got so much mistrust in your body already that has been like drummed into your head from such an early age but of course you get pregnant and you don't understand what your body does because you've never been taught but you also yeah. don't understand how birth works and you don't trust your body in it then you give birth to your baby and then your body doesn't look like your body anymore and you've probably got even more mistrust and you yeah. look at yourself and you're not like you know what society deems as attractive anymore because you're soft now rather than firm <laughs> in certain places um and that I think can be a real head fuck for people and what you're doing talking about you know the fact that you can be slow and if you want to kind of you know get healthier and get fitter then yes but you know the way you speak about it, I think is really beautiful and articulate because it's really helpful for people and there's not enough people being honest about that too much bounce back culture too yeah. much of it I, know, I love it Danny, when it really is I love it when you share your like meals that you're having and stuff. Like, yeah, the kind of the fish the fingers. Your beige buffets yes, are my favorite. Absolutely. <laughs> when you're like, you know, I'm a PT and this is what I'm having. I'm having this because tonight we needed a quick dinner. It's got protein. Yeah. It's got veg. Like you know, and just sharing yeah. that actually, there's this view that we have to be in fucking quinoa and kale every day in order to be oh. healthy, and actually we can eat a bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. And you know what, like, I think what really got me a good few years ago, you know, realising that the wellness industry, and I think you'll probably feel like this about maybe the birth industry as well, like it's a very, in what they're peddling, it's a very white middle class arena of like, you know, if you're if you've got all this privilege then yeah go eat the kale and the key you know like but can we talk about like not everyone has privilege to afford and even to afford like I don't know chicken fillets like for some people Mm -hmm. fish fingers are going to be like that's a way of getting in protein too and then like the privilege of yeah and the privilege of time (laughs) even or like time and money and stuff like that like wellness like wellness is very much seen as like the goop wellness yeah you know and that's just not wellness and when you think of when you look at um when we did i do my nutrition course when you look at the countries that are um have people that have lived the longest and then the you know the wellest and the longest they're not rich countries you no. know it, it it's it's they've got sunshine they've uh, eat whole foods a lot there's then they have community and it's not rocket science is it mate it's not rocket no, science no and so like my thing is like your mental health matters more to give you like this healthier body um and lifestyle and so mm. for me like I know that I have better mental health on the days when um I you know I, I haven't got time to cook it's easier for me to have a frozen jacket potato yeah. that takes four minutes in the microwave like and that yeah. for me is health like yeah that's still me looking after my body um and yeah I do really believe nourishment is about a well there's a well-roundedness to it protein veg carbs etc and all of that but that is also some days it looks like that and other days it looks like just pure beige food and other days then it might look Um, like protein and And that's delicious it is delicious, and I see and that. And that's it makes good me for jealous. the soul, isn't it, it? Is. If you are eating something, thinking this is glorious, and I'm just chilling because I didn't have to do all that washing up, I popped it in the air fryer, and oh, then the I air fryer, the air fryer. air fryer. We don't have an air fryer. Oh, oh you've got get to get one, one Danny. Get one. Um, I, 
I think as well with like things like that, it's even from a young age, nutrition is drummed into you in a weird way. My daughter's in reception and she came home the other day with a Venn diagram of healthy, middle, not healthy. And in the not healthy bit, it was chocolate, uh, chips and all of this. Um, she also I can't remember she put something in there she put um carrots in there she doesn't like carrots so she was like they're definitely not healthy I was like yeah good that is um that is her using her instinct like yeah yeah. it's not healthy for you if you don't like it and so she came home and she was like I've been learning about what's healthy and I was like let me have a look and I was like right let's have a chat about this shall we okay any of this will be unhealthy if that's all you eat like if you just you ate just chocolate all the time you'd be unhealthy however bit of chocolate's fine Let's not eat it for if every you meal. Ate just broccoli, yeah. you wouldn't have everything it takes no. to make your body healthy. You're totally like this I was like, I you were poo all the time. Um, and it's funny because so early they are already having this drummed into them that yeah. this is unhealthy. So I always try and be like, no, because look, we can have this and this is healthy, and this has got beans in it, and like we love beans. Beans are really, really delicious. But let's have what can we have alongside the beans because we need a bit of protein. Um, right. You know, we try and make it as rounded as we can, and let's have a chocolate for dessert because yeah, I want chocolate yogurt with cream on top as well. That sounds yeah. bloody delicious. Um, exactly. But it is funny. It's drummed in, like I was saying, from such a young age, like women, children, like we are told, this is healthy, this is not, this is what you should look like, this is not. And then becoming a mum, you haven't got the time to cook half the time. I don't know about you, but some nights I'll cook for my, especially I've got three kids. I'll cook for my three kids. I'm too tired to bother cooking anything for my house. Right. I'm having leftovers. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that's okay yeah. because that is the easiest way of doing it. And for my mental health, that actually feels better to me yeah. that day. And normalizing that should happen but it doesn't yeah because then we take away the guilt yeah all the guilt that we'd be feeling because oh i've made them a dinner and that wasn't healthy yeah because we've so labeled it as guilt and that you know and that's it like we we or society the system has labeled things the way in which they've labeled it to make us feel guilty so that we then go and buy into whatever they're selling us and what what dream they're selling us and how it should be and what we should be doing yeah there's just so much guilt and look I really thought I had done the work because I'd worked on my food guilt I'd worked on my body guilt and honestly like I have such a great mindset around food and my body nowadays and it took it took a good probably six years of work and I'm I still do the work daily but it's still still I didn't think I'd have mum guilt and then it's there and it's but it's there I think because no one gives you a let up you know if you're doing it one way someone's got something to say if you're doing it another way someone's got something to say and I just really feel like no one gives you the space to just listen to yourself and do and do what you want to do if that feels good for you like I was talking about sleep training and the fact that I hadn't wanted to do that with Ori and it's really hard to say but I don't judge you if you do it because I don't but it's the same way like I eat the way I eat and if you eat some like differently I'm not judging the way you eat the one thing I would say though is if it's causing you stress to eat the way you eat I'm not judging it. I just don't feel like, I feel like there's another way. And so I think what happens a lot of the time, what I've seen with things like sleep training is then uh, mum's feeling guilty that they did it. And it's like, yeah, but there's another way. Yeah. There's another way. And how about we do whichever works best for us and our mental health. Look, if I really thought, even with the studies, even with what I believe about sleep training, 
I really believe that my mental health comes first. And if I felt like that was a route for me, I would have still done it. Like, it's the, like, I st- I'm not going to not diet just because society, like, anti-diet is telling me not to diet. I'm not going to diet just because diet culture is telling me to. I'm going to do what feels good for me in any given moment. But I just don't know if the world makes that easy to do. And so... Especially with, like, things like your body and birth. Like, birth especially. Like, we are so conditioned into believing that we should do what we are told by healthcare professionals. And healthcare Mm. professionals are always 100%, you know, telling us what is 100% accurate all the time. And they've got the studies behind them. And they don't. A lot of the time, actually, it's quite interesting looking at the way the um, policies are built within the NHS and that Mm. a lot of them aren't based on any evidence about anything whatsoever. Some old white men got in a room and said, this is how we've been doing it. Seems all right. (laughs) I haven't actually asked any parents how they found it or what their life was like afterwards. But me, that was a good day at the office when we did that. So let's just make that the focus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and um, I think it's the same with, like, you know, how the diet industry, like, looks at us. Like, the moment I had River, I started getting um, adverts from Slimming World. It's ridiculous, um, isn't it? Who did Slimming World partner with? Oh, they did partner with someone that was a bit... Maternity. It was maternity. It was, like, NHS or maternity was it, or something. Um... Oh, I can't yeah. think what it was. It we was... have adverts popping up for it. Was it one of the like charity type vibes, mm. like Tommy's or yeah, one of those vibes? Like that. Um, that I mean, I don't know why I'm acting like that shocked, but <laughs> but that is ridiculous. But yeah. it's a it's a great target audience, and the thing yeah, is, yeah, I totally. think I think people think that you know when that we're like you're having a go at the midwives or that I that. I might be having a go at women shouldn't want to lose weight or change their body. Like, I don't believe that at all. You know, I was listening to a podcast recently with this amazing woman. Oh, I can't think of her name. I think it was Sheru. I'll, I'll find it. Um, And she's talking about kindness and lo- like loving yourself. And it's all we spout. If you actually like yourself, you want to nourish your body and that kind of stuff. But it's, you, I don't hate on women for wanting to change their bodies. We've been told for our whole life. Yeah to change it and that we should want to and that we should diet so you're not going to just suddenly be like oh no no not me I don't want to change my body now especially in the aftermath of having a baby I just don't add that guilt to it oh god I shouldn't want to lose the baby weight you're absolutely don't have guilt for that you you're probably gonna want to because society has taught you to want to um yeah my point is I think that there's other ways of doing that without slimming world or a typical diet fatty diet like if you enhance your lifestyle with things like I mean look when you've had a baby you can't say to people like you normally say like get your sleep but if you enhance your lifestyle (laughs) with (laughs) um trying to rest and not put stress on yourself by dieting get some fresh air go walk you know, that was always so great. Me and Ori would go for so many walks, get steps in, um, drink water. And like, especially after having a baby, like honestly, being in a deficit would be the last thing that would be like an intentional deficit because essentially yeah. uh, you probably end up in a deficit more. So if you are breastfeeding just because it takes up a lot of energy, that can yeah, happen. 
but like you know but also I would eat those calories back because I needed the energy like I didn't want to be in a deficit I I I purposely intentionally was trying not to be in a deficit after I had um, Ori because I knew I needed the energy for my own uh, well-being yeah Um, absolutely and it's going to make you more um more patient with your baby and things like that you know we when we get hangry there's no point in doing that to yourself intentionally in order to have a lighter body yeah yeah I'm I'm at the moment like I'm working with a PT and I have been now for like a year um because after I had river I felt my body was broken and I don't think I didn't feel like it was broken the way it looked but he did a lot to my actual physically and one of the things I said to her was I'm not looking at how much I weigh I don't care I just want to feel stronger strong and that's my aim and that's what I've been doing now for a year and I've got a holiday booked now in July and I've only just said to her right I'd like to feel more comfortable in a swimsuit I'm not saying I want to lose loads of weight but I would like to be a bit more toned and she's like right we can start working towards that if you want now and I would have a year ago felt guilt about saying I want my body to look a bit different right because I've so much work with being like I want to feel stronger because I felt broken I'm at the point now where I'm like actually I'd like to see a bit of change in that and I'm like I don't feel guilty about that because like you said I've spent my whole life being conditioned to feel like my body should look a certain way and especially in front of a load of people on holiday I'm definitely going to feel that so I'm going to try and help myself a little bit there yeah and and this is the thing though and like you don't have to do you people think that if you're going to then go and change your body that you need to do stuff that's drastic and you don't you've already built a great foundation of strength and under that strength will be muscle and so yeah. Uh, with that strength we muscle so you really have got a great foundation and like exactly like with this change you know with us wanting to change our bodies I still like I was speaking to my sister yesterday like I have really great body image but I I'm still like yeah cool like let me pump up my butt a bit let me you know <laughs> I don't know like grow some shoulders etc like I don't f- and you know get toned as in grow muscle like they're the same yeah. thing and I don't feel any guilt for that because I know I'm not going to lose my soul to do it. And it's a bit like, it's a bit like wanting a promotion or wanting to earn more money or wanting to get a bigger house. It's all part of capitalism. Yeah. It's, it's all part of a system. At the end of the day, I could be happy with my family in a, on a commune live, you know, not with, you know, nice painted walls with the posh paint and nice things from, (laughs) I mean, Darnell or whatever. <laughs> I'm just gonna but Your house does look lovely. I will give you gorgeous. that. Like, it does look gorgeous. Thank you. But like that's totally part of like I want yes, I want to you know when people walk in to feel like, oh I have a nice home. I want to feel like oh I have a nice home. Um but yeah. that does I could live I could be happy in a shed. I could. Yeah. So I, I just to. think I it's don't ridiculous. want to but I would. Yeah, I would. And I could. And I do think it's worth being curious about why would I want to change my body? Why do I not want to live in a shed versus a house? What What is that? What is that about people walking in and perceiving me a particular way? And how do I want to yeah. perceive myself? But like, if you, as long as you say curious and, and not just like locked into this idea of like, I have to change my body. Yeah. Like, I want to, like giving you the autonomy, us giving ourselves the autonomy to make our own fucking decisions without like yeah. someone telling us like we should do something like do what you fucking want to do but just don't lose your soul to do it 
Yeah, and you must, it must be quite amazing. Obviously, you've got your women's only gym. Do you get a lot of people postpartum, like postnatally, coming to you there? Have you had many, like, mums and things yet? Not not really. I wonder, though, I know, we are in Clapham. It's a particular demographic. Um, Yeah. There are, there are mums but we seem to get uh, uh, people just before they're having babies in that like they're kind of like mid to late 20s like you know sort of maybe just gonna got like their first proper job and I don't know yeah maybe because you've not you've not been open like really long time so maybe you're going to see those people coming back to you in a few years postnatally And you're yeah. going to see that journey because that will be interesting as well to like see having had people beforehand and then seeing how their body image changes afterwards because mm. you are I think you'll be very well placed to like help people with that yeah and I would love to I think do you know what's interesting about body image body image whilst pregnant and body image afterwards and even you know before what I noticed was when pregnant even myself there you know you get to that stage where you've got like the bump and I noticed online, I noticed myself, I noticed how much people praise your um, bump. I mean, also talked about how big my bump was, which a lot of people did stop doing that. Don't comment on people's bump size. Oh, it's annoying, isn't it? So annoying. But it was, people praise your body a lot when pregnant. Because like, fair, you're doing this amazing thing of carrying a baby, etc. But I, what I generally thought was, I think people find it a lot easier to be pregnant and have a lot easier body image because society finds it acceptable for you to gain weight when pregnant. Yep. That's yep. that's the norm, yep. of course. Um, but afterwards, it's harder because society thinks that you should drop it. And again, and what I do a lot of mindset work with a lot of clients, it's talking about like this perception of what other people think we should be doing and going against the grain is unusual and feels like resistance yeah. and feels hard so I think when when you after the birth your body image plummets a bit because there's a different expectation of you but it's like acceptable to gain weight obviously when pregnant um and so yeah. it makes it a lot you, easier to have better body image you see this a lot as well in like celebrity culture don't you like for example like Jessie J is pregnant at the moment Rihanna is obviously pregnant again but as was pregnant and both of these women like showing off their bumps like wearing belly tops having like these beautiful like bumps out and the moment they've had their baby like Rihanna was like in really baggy clothes and I'm like yeah I get that like fair enough and then went the Super Bowl you know when she first came out and she got her bump I thought for a second that she wasn't pregnant and she was just showing what her body was like and for a brief second I was like yes yes that's amazing but obviously she's pregnant again and therefore she's gone back to wearing tighter clothes yeah um and of course that's not hating on her because of course she's done that she's constantly followed by cameras that are talking shit about her Mm. I would be wearing baggy clothes all the time too if I was her but it's really interesting watching her go from you know stomach out and then baggy clothes to then tight clothes again when she's pregnant again it's okay I'm it's pregnant like, it's okay so I'm pregnant. can be like this yeah, yeah. so it's I can really now show off my body yeah. whereas and it's so it's so so true and like I it's hard because I used to show my body a lot on on Instagram because because that was the era in which I was in and it was hashtag fitness but <laughs> I and then when I got more into like body acceptance and body neutrality I also wanted to show it my body a lot more because I didn't grow up seeing lots of people of color with their bodies out 
um it was very much you know white bodies is what I saw in the, yeah. in, in the industry um and I really wanted to normalize also like look I'm not in a larger body I'm still very straight um you know straight sized woman and able-bodied you know cisgender yeah. very down the line but also not uberly thin and not uberly in a, in a larger body and so I remember feeling when I was younger like that I didn't see myself represented I didn't see you know okay what a size 10 like I remember not like I didn't see size 10s online because everyone was a size naught at the time because I grew up in the 90s um and so I, I don't want to apologize for my body and cover it up just because I'm not on the other end of the spectrum either which I think there's a difficulty online because online is very black and white it's like you yeah. can if you if you're against um diet culture then they want I suppose you to be in this larger body because if I show my body as it is now just in its like whatever I would deem as like this is me living my life as my wellest as I can at the moment yeah uh and that's my body that it is, but it's a size 10 and that can be triggering for some because you don't ever, I'm not trying to show up online saying this is what I do and this is why I have this body and you can have it too. Like that's yeah, yeah, not yeah. my point. I just want to be able to show up online in my body um, mm-hmm. and talk about what I do um, and how and I you have feel. the right to do that. This is it. We yeah. need to break that link between wellness and size. size. It's like, you're, I'm living my best life. I'm trying to be well. I'm doing all this stuff. And I'm a size 10. Not, and this has made me a size 10. No, exactly. Just that, this is just my body and it's a natural state. Yeah. It's a bit yeah. like when Lizzo, she had like a load of people come to her, didn't she? Saying you shouldn't be, like, she did like a whether they work or not like a a smoothie cleanse she was doing a smoothie cleanse and she was told you shouldn't be doing that because you're a plus size like you know it's role model yeah yeah she can be a plus size role model and eat what she wants and drink what she wants and that includes if she is trying to be you know eat healthier in her view whether smoothie cleanses work or not I but she still has the right to do that if she wants to. She doesn't yeah. have to remain in a larger body if she's not happy in a large body yeah. for other people's yeah. benefit. Exactly. Absolutely. The hardest, like, I absolutely remember feeling that. I felt for her because I was like, if she wants to change her body, she should not now have to be set in a box of yeah. what people have put her in. The only thing was there's other ways to do it and that was she's got millions of followers and I was like oh wow like a smoothie detox diet thing yeah slim fast or whatever it was isn't it but yeah the the rhetoric was you are plus size and you represent body positivity and you should now not change um which the point being I think that and for me this is the whole conversation I think with the mum stuff birth stuff body image stuff like just none of it's black and white it shouldn't be it changes my body changes through different seasons when my mum was ill my body was different when I had three miscarriages my body was different what I what I ate and how I ate also was different I have learned habits that are my baseline for sure and I know what's more nourishing for me and what's not uh but whether I you know when my mum was ill a packet of crisps and a a petrol station sandwich was the thing that was going to mean that I was healthier because it was that or I wasn't eating at all. Yeah. So, you know, you've got to take where you're at and what you're doing and learn not to beat yourself up, especially because 
guilt, I really do feel like that guilt shame thing comes from believing I am like, oh God, I am so bad because I've done X rather than it's behavior. If it's behavior, it takes away a lot of the shame. It's like, okay, well, look, I'm not necessarily eating in a way that might serve me right now, but that's behavior that can change. If it's an I am statement, like it's just so hard to get out of that shame cycle. It really is. Like, I, I'm a fucker for, like, binging on biscuits. Like, you give me a packet of biscuits, they're gone. Like, I cannot help myself. I'm the same with olives. And olives, you know, <laughs> I don't, that's fine by me. But, like, I, I don't mind eating a whole packet of biscuits, but I feel a bit sick afterwards. And that's yeah. probably not the best thing to be doing. And so it's not because yeah. I'm, like, I shouldn't have done that. I'm just, like, I'd rather not have done that now because I, I don't feel like crap. the way I feel after eating a yeah. whole packet yes. of biscuits. But I feel good at the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the instant gratification on the tongue yeah. feels great and that's feels the thing though it's, it's about intention with all of it too it's like there were I went and ate Pringles in the bath the other day intentionally nice. I was like I'm yeah, t- yeah. I don't want to take a glass of Prosecco I want to take like half the box of Pringles and it was so glorious and I really think if you're intentional about things so you might not like I think what happens with a whole pack of biscuits is it's not intentional. We often oh, no, them mindlessly just something. without yeah, realizing. Yeah. But yeah. if you were like, I'm getting my biscuits and it was four, I'm getting four of my biscuits yeah. and I'm putting them on a plate and I'm going to eat these four freaking biscuits. And if I want another, I'll have another. If there's intention behind it, it feels great, even if yeah. it's nutritious or not nutritious. And I really think as well that fe- like I get clients a lot to um, listen to how they feel physically. Like, yeah if you're doing something that makes you feel physically sicky and sluggish and hot sweats and all the rest of it, then no, that's not ideal. No. Yeah, absolutely. You sound like my husband. My husband now, he's like, I eat intentionally. If I'm having this cup of tea biscuit, I'm having it and I'm sitting down and I'm going to sit down and have it. I'm like, I get that. But I've got three children running around me right now, Luke. So I've got to drink this tea while standing here and eating this biscuit. And by the time I've done that, I've had to tell one child to stop doing something. And I'm looked down and I'm like, I've just eaten all them three biscuits and I can't remember having eaten them. So I'm going to eat some more, Um, which isn't the way. It must be so hard. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping as the kids get a little bit older, that helps. But this is the other thing I wanted to talk to you about quickly as well. With the ADHD, yes. I also find that I, I, I've got so many things that I want to do in my head mm-hmm. and that doing them, I need to get them done or else I get frustrated that I flip from one thing to the other. So doing things intentionally becomes very difficult at that point as well. Gotcha. I'm like, right, I need to eat the biscuit, but I need to get the washing out. So I'll eat the biscuit, then I get the washing out. Okay, no, no, I need to do that. Okay, somebody's calling me, somebody's doing this. And oh, right, and I've got, some, and I've got an idea. I'll voice note Alex. Alex, blah, 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 blah. blah. What the fuck else was that I doing? Head, yeah. And doing that in parenting is very difficult <sighs> And it's, um, yeah, it's difficult day to day. (laughs) And like, you know, you do all that and then you go, fuck, dinner, right, okay, fish fingers, air fryer, done. (laughs) Rather than feeling like, you know, you've you've thought ahead and you've prepared these ingredients and you've got enough time to cook the meal in time for everyone to have their dinner before they're ravenous. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I, I really feel like ADHD is a parent thing and there must be people online and I haven't found them all, but like, I really think it must change parenting, having ADHD. Mm. Like, oh, I've really, I've definitely struggled because uh, you're, I'm restricted. I think a lot of the time, what I realised was, I didn't realise how much exercise 
helped my ADHD. I didn't know I had ADHD. So I assumed, oh my God, exercise. And I do think it's magical for most people, to be honest. I think it really does change your mental health. Yeah. Um, but I didn't realize what was interesting is when I got into exercise, I grew my Instagram. And I think that I did that in a way because I was being able to be creative. I had ideas and I got to speak them and I got to write, I mean, long captions I can't write a short caption to save my life long oh, captions. that's Alex as well Alex cannot write anything short to save a life <laughs> honestly I try my business partner is like can we keep it concise no I don't know what concise is so continue in the comments <laughs> <laughs> literally and I and, and like my business was going well and I think that that was an offshoot of being able to exercise I had I had so much time. I became, I'd become a PT and like you have a lot of time in between sessions and I'd walk and I'd exercise and I'd write and all of that worked together. Having a baby meant that all of the exercise, writing, ideas, I didn't have time for them within that first year specifically. And oh my God, my mental health plummeted. And I think that that was a link with ADHD and not having my outlet and my dopamine hits and the way in what I worked and the system that that helped me create. Yeah. So like losing all of that, I think it having the ADHD diagnosis had the big realization of that stuff and linking that together and being like, okay, maybe yeah, parenting is hard. Don't get me wrong, but maybe I am finding it a bit harder than say like my best mate at the moment because of the ADHD stuff as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, especially like I get that completely. Like I, if I want to do something, I need to do it. When yes. I was quite pregnant, I <laughs> was I pregnant? No, I wasn't. But River was very little. I decided that I wanted to change bedrooms with my daughter, and so my husband took the kids out, and I had two hours, and I dragged a uh, king size mattress from one bedroom into the other. I put everything up because it needed to happen there and then. Because yeah, I thought yeah. about it. And because River was that little bit older, I was like, you need to take him. And my husband was like, well, and I was like, no, you need to take him because I need, I to, need do to do this. this. And it was the first time, and I know it's so silly, it's only moving rooms around, but that happens a lot in my life. Um, it was the first time I felt like I got a little bit of control because I was able to do something there and then when I wanted to. And yeah. up until that point, I hadn't because he was breastfeeding all the time and he has a lot of like oral dysfunction mm. and tongue tie problems. So he was on me a hell of a lot. And so when I wanted to just do something, I couldn't, like I love a bath. I love getting in the bath. I couldn't just get in the bath. And oh. that was like, and it feels physically yeah. itchy is the only way I can describe it. Yes. When I can't do what I want, when I want it, I feel like I want to itch everywhere and it hurts if I can't oh. do it. It um, really and people, does hurt. Yeah. And I think if you, if you don't have ADHD, you can't possibly comprehend how much more difficult it can be having a little one and how much kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it takes a lot of restraint to just do what your baby needs doing there and then rather than doing what you want to do. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So much restraint. Yeah. And, and I think there's the guilt associated with like the time blindness yeah. as well. Like, fuck it's lunchtime. You should have had your lunch. Fuck. Like, let me quickly oh get you your lunch. I'm so sorry. Your baby doesn't give a fuck. They're just <laughs> yeah. playing with their toys or whatever. But, you know, you've got all that like, oh, my God, I should have done that differently. And I didn't because I got engrossed in this thing that I was doing or whatever. I was clearing out this cupboard. Yeah. Which right. <laughs> took all day. 
<laughs> yeah, moving the rooms around. Yeah. Oh, I know so much, and I it re- that unco- it's uncomfortable. And I think the thing I've been trying to learn the most the last year is just be okay being uncomfortable, like being like the discomfort, because it just has. I have to have discomfort because there are times when, especially like I have two days uh, solid with just me and Ori on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And an idea will come into my head. Oh my gosh. And I get the itchy. I just want to, I love writing. And so if I have an idea, I just want to, I want to write. I want to just go, and I can't. And I've, I've, I've set up a group with just myself on WhatsApp called ADHD brain. And so I try and record these ideas like <laughs> at, like to help so that yeah. at least I get it out. But it's been a learning curve to not yeah. be able to act on my ideas and impulses, which I didn't realize were ADHD related. Um, and I felt really, especially with the like uh, content thing, because I think that was my outlet for such a long time. I felt really shallow for a while, a while of like, oh God, I want to be making content over what I found like being with my baby, which wasn't true, but that was like what yeah. I felt like the judgment would be. But now I realise, oh my god, it wasn't about making content. It was a, it was about my outlet and being able to be creative and write and share. I love, I love oversharing and oversharing and stuff, and not being able to do that. And yeah, I, you know, I didn't resent Ori, but I did resent being a parent where I couldn't do that and I couldn't yeah. act on my impulses. It's really hard. It is really, really difficult. Like, I'm quite lucky in that, obviously, you've got a business partner as well, but obviously I've got Alex, and every time we've got an idea, we voice message it to each other, and our WhatsApp is disgusting. Like, it is so much memory being taken up by that WhatsApp on my phone. Um, and we've gotten to the point where we'll voice message each other, and one of us will have to leave a bit of text underneath being like, yeah. with, with regards to... I've had an idea, blah, 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 blah. Another one will say, such and such idea. <laughs> so that we, so that we can find it again. <laughs> yeah, it's gotten to that point. But it's, you know, I think with the ADHD, not just parenting in general, letting go in that first part and just yeah. realising that yeah. your life is so different yeah. and that's okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's okay to not always love being a mum and it's okay to not always love being a parent. Like, you know, it's sometimes it's shit. And yeah. I think yeah. you do such a brilliant job on your Instagram of saying that without making it seem like, you know, you're being you know, hateful of the situation because I'm sure there's many people that are like, well, I want to be a parent and you're saying it's crap and I'm struggling to get like that. And we get that sometimes as well, Mm. but it's not, it's not saying that I'm not grateful for it, but being grateful and being honest, like they can work together. They can coexist. They and they have to because you, like you know what is it you won't get the sun without the rain or whatever it is but like you you do need like I don't know like yeah they're hard days when there are hard days and then there's a good day I love the good days even more because I'm like all right and also like boring cliche Pinterest quote but like I do learn from the hard bits you know so yeah I really just think and self like self compassion and surrendering are key I think. Yeah, yeah, mm. I agree. And so, how we'll wrap this up because we've been talking for a good hour, which is wonderful. Um, so, how, how can people find yeah, you? How can people find you? How can people work with you? Like, what, what, how, yeah, that exactly. Yeah. I don't know why I was trying to expand uh, on that. I'm at Lift Studio 
London uh, LDN uh, basically is uh, where like you can find us for coaching um, I do uh, well-being mindset coaching I suppose regarding body image um, mostly but we do also work you know just in the in the well-being sphere and we have our women's only gym in Clapham North so if you do live in the area in London like that is where you can come and find us we have intakes every six weeks um, and then on my Instagram, Danny Tabor is where I share mum, mum life with like body comp- confidence and yeah, you know, just trying to live life as honestly as possible. Do you do any like online stuff? Can people work with you online or is it all in person now? No, I like I, I'm not at the minute, but I will be. I used to. So I used to do a lot of online stuff, but I've been giving my whatever time I do have uh, over at Lyft Studio. But I will be doing um, online. I did just have a client that we worked together at the end of the year. It was a new mum and it was about flowing forward into like this contentment and body body and life acceptance and making peace with making peace with the new life as it is now and we did a lot of work on that and that was really great so we worked together for four months and that was nice so yeah if you find me at Danny Tabor um you can always send me a dm dm and you should Danny is wonderful and yeah go and follow her on Instagram because you will get all the best content I love it when you come up. I'm always like, yes, let's see what she's up to today. It's always good stuff. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I mean, I just rabbit on about all sorts. I do feel for people who were following me when it was all fitness and now it's like, yeah, hi. They can, off, they can follow if they want, can't Unfollow. they? Unfollow. They drop. It's fine. Yeah. Um, it's been wonderful speaking to you. Thanks um, for having me. And yeah, thanks for, thanks for being here. It's been lovely. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm so glad that you guys have a podcast now. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> right. All Thank right. you very much. Take Bye. Care, guys. Bye. Dude. <laughs> what is it? thought of a thing that Orla drew that's scary. You thought of that in your head and now you're running up the stairs to find your mum. Yeah. Oh dear. I think it's real. Well, Orla only drew it, didn't she? And she's not that good at drawing, so I say it's probably not that scary. And it's definitely not real. Do you think you could give me two more minutes and then I'll come down and have a look? It's like something with a thing. Another thing, um, a sapling. It goes that way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the grim, grim reapers. It's a scythe. It's a scythe. And 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 it's sharp, so they can go. Yeah. And kill people. Yeah. And or do you know what Daddy uses it for? To yeah. cut grass. That's less scary, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to go and tell Orla that Daddy uses one of them to cut grass? You're not even scared about it. I've used one at the allotment, mate. Do you think you could at least just stay here and not say anything? Say anything? Yeah? Because I'm recording something right this minute. Hi, Zeke. Hey. Well, I don't really want you climbing up there. Oh, I want to see. Okay, well, <laughs> have you seen now?
No, you can't have something to stand on. Just, just, why don't you go downstairs and see if you can find something to stand on? I'll just have two more minutes. Just literally so I can quickly weigh in on Danny's podcast and say, enjoy. <laughs> this is staying in, by the way, because this is gold. <laughs> no way. Yes, it is. Right. You're going to be on a podcast. Go and tell Ollie you're going to be on a podcast. Ollie's never been on a podcast. Ollie's never been on a podcast. You waiting for the both of them to run up and uh, say... <laughs> quick, quick, say it. Right. So, Danny's podcast, yeah? Bye. Are they coming up? <laughs> Back into my podcast. Back into your podcast. <laughs> what you got to say about what you got to say about birth, Zeke? Oh, tell us. What's your thought? What do you think of birth? Hmm. hmm. When you have a baby, um, her heart, and your baby comes out of your um vagina. Yeah, that's right. That's true. Uh, have you time... ever seen a baby be born? Yes, yes, I have. I have. I saw the baby coming out of Mum's butt. Well... It looked like it was coming out of the butt. Right. But it wasn't no. But I have something to say about babies. Right. I think that you should just stay calm whilst having a baby, otherwise all the stress just going to you. You're you're taking the pain in, but you should just I'm thinking <laughs> just stay calm, stay positive and know that you're gonna be okay. Yeah, it's good advice. Well, that wonderful advice, Orla. Thank you. And if you have a baby, stay calm. Right. So don't be worried. Don't be worried. Everything's all right. Of, um, You're okay. Baby. You're having oh, a baby. A beautiful newborn yes. baby. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was talking. <laughs> right. That's enough. You're none of your talking now. That's us for today. We hope you loved this episode. We'll be back next week with more birthy goodness. In the meantime, come and join us on the gram at The Birth Uprising, where we'll be prattling around and talking all things birthing. If you want more from us, then check out our digital pack at www.thebirthuprising.com. That'll do.